This is the Bling Vieira Podcast. Got that right. And I'm your host, Bling. It is still Saturday night, late, and I'm going for a late night walk. And I thought, you know what, let's just upload the other one. And I know the fans are going to be itching for it, so let's just get the other one out there right now so we don't have to forget about it tomorrow. And so we can listen to it while we're going for a walk and um, do some self-reflection and editing while we're, while we're listening to it after it's already been published, of the do's and don'ts of podcasting a memoir. No, in this one, it's def- this one's a lot longer, and it uh, probably gets a little bit to the point a little bit later on. So could this one have been edited as well? Yeah, probably. Um, it's going to be long, and there's going to be a lot of details in there that are shouldn't have been there, just like this intro, but hey, <laughs> I hope you enjoy it. should be pretty solid. It's been a lot of fun listening to it, making it, so thanks again. I goofed. I, I hit the wrong button. We got to start it all over. No, I'm not starting it all over. I'm not. No, but I guess I can start getting into Ukraine a little bit now, but Russia doesn't have... Um, a track record, really, of, like, occupying foreign nations across the world, across the world, for 20 years at a time. Now, I'm not looking anything up while we're doing this, but people immediately jump to Ukraine and uh, Crimea, which is, I guess, fair, too. But sometimes, foreign countries will do things, um that may or may not be, I guess, morally right to the rest of the world. And that's, that's life. It, it was called colonialization. Yeah. I mean, historically, it's, um, it's kind of been a thing that countries do. And I know you probably want to put a stop to it, but I think Crimea, if I'm not mistaken, I think there was a um, vote that they had. They voted similar to the United States. A democratic, or the, anyway. Yeah, that's true. There's Crimea, there's Ukraine. I'm sure there's a bunch of other countries too that might, Russia may have had questionable actions towards. I mean, that's why they call it the annexation of Crimea. Crimea is because just that. I think Texas is a good example as well for the United States. I know it's not a comparing a comparing contest here of, of who's who's morally who has the moral high ground, Russia or the United States. But I don't know much about it. So Crimea, as far as I understand, yeah, they voted for it. I know the votes recount. I know Russia and the votes. Okay, 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 okay. Uh, yeah, I don't know what to... I have no argument against that besides, like, well, you've got to trust the process. That's why we vote. If you don't trust the process, then that's a whole different scenario you'd have to go through in order to, like, overthrow that government and make sure that the votes count and basically have to invade them. So I'm going to take their word for it because I don't live there. And... I don't live close to there. I've never visited there. 
I probably could not tell you where Crimea was on the map. Just pointing it out. But again, I know, I know where Moldova was. All right, playing, all right. Let's get into Ukraine then. Let's get into Ukraine. Well, uh, recent memory, I, I do remember Trump not going there. It sounded like, it seemed like he was almost goaded to go there, but he did not. At least not um, with like military action, immediate military action. And so that was a few years ago. I don't even remember which year exactly. Um, maybe 2018, maybe. Um, I do remember something about Joe Biden's son being in Ukraine and working for like a gas company and there's some conflict of interest there or something. Uh, but that's kind of all I know. I don't really know much about the politics or much about it. But yeah, I have heard that Zelensky doesn't have uh, political experience really. I don't know the background behind all that, but that is something that I kind of glossed over too briefly. But other than that, I just know that Ukraine's not part of Russia, I guess, in the traditional sense. Uh, although their border might kind of connect, they're not like a part of Russia. And I know that they're not uh, with NATO. So I know that Zelensky doesn't seem to be too involved with trying to thwart efforts from foreign countries if they were to invade. In fact, in my opinion, if Zelensky was my president, I, man, I, I don't, I wouldn't really be too enthusiastic or excited about that. I'm not overly thrilled on the current administration or uh, the second half, or basically the entirety of the other prior administration before this administration. Although the idea of disrupting government and politics by electing someone who is not uh, a politician does seem appealing. It doesn't really work out for the better, especially if all the other politicians hate that person and divide the entire country and its people to hate each other based on that person. Oh, you voted for who? I hate you. You voted for what? You're a Nazi. It's like, you don't know me. What, what did I do? <laughs> I didn't do it. I just voted for someone who wasn't a politician who I thought could make some real changes around here based on the past experience of all the other politicians. And it ended up causing a really big problem that was not really anticipated from my perspective. In fact, I, I don't really understand it all still. Or if you're inquiring about whether or not a virus came from a lab leak, that's all of a sudden, that's a conspiracy theory. And that's racist. Okay, well, I was talking about Fort Detrick, but in 2019, uh, but yeah, I guess that's racist, and I guess it is a conspiracy theory, isn't it? Anyway, Zelensky doesn't have political experience according to uh, my knowledge, which is not much. So 
Like, why is he there? What's going on? Why isn't he doing anything? Well, he's asking for help, and no one's, everyone's kind of reluctant to help him. Uh, I don't really understand that too much either. Um, it just seems like no one really wants to get involved with Russia. And even if that means, like, defending yourself um, against a, an invasion. Now, although it's easy to say, call an invasion an, an invasion, it gets, a, it, for me, it's a little bit trickier because Russia went through Belarus. So if anything, it's Belarus who's invading Ukraine. And if that's part of a federation, then okay, then I guess it is Russia. But things are starting to get a little bit cloudy here when it comes to invasion and protecting one's country and asking for help and uh, becoming president. Um, was it 2014? Well, it's been eight years in the making, let's just say that much. Well, eight years ago, uh, if my memory is correct, didn't Joe Biden try to not overthrow the government, but I think he tried to um, uh, get one of the presidents to resign or step down. And I think that president fled to Crimea. Not Was it Crimea? Uh, it's, it's on the tip of my tongue here. Oh, that's going to bug me. Well, maybe it'll come to me later, but that president fled to another country, I guess, and somehow Zelensky was in power now. So that's all the Russian history. That's all the Ukrainian history, and that's my history on anti-war, like an hour later. So what's the problem then? Ultimately, just, just spit it out. What's the freaking problem with these two countries then? And don't get into semantics about what the word or what the definition of invasion is or whether or not Belarus is part of a Russian federation. Don't try and dance around the issue. Tell us what to think like now. Well, I would say it's very similar to President Bush and President Bush in Iraq and oil um, in Texas. It's... I wouldn't be surprised if Hunter Biden tried to run for president in a few years' time. A quick thing on Hunter Biden, though. There's two things that bug me about uh, the media and Hunter Biden. One is using his addiction problems as, like, a, a negative... Um, like a... Like he murdered somebody or did something that's... Reprehensible or unforgivable. Addiction is very unique to the individual. Some individuals have a predisposition towards uh, addiction and substance abuse. It's not really fair to use that argument some, that someone is more susceptible than someone else, even just genetically, uh, through yeah previous generations who might have been substance abusers it's not the person's fault necessarily they made the choice and everything else sure but if it affects you in a different way um, than others to the point where you kind of 
can't control it. And that's where the abuse sort of stems from. I don't think that's a fair character assessment. Because whether or not you agree whether or not uh, Hunter Biden is successful or not, he has held it together enough to not be on the street. Part of that might be because of who his dad is, or who knows why. But either way, I don't think it's right or appropriate to uh, constantly accuse someone of like substance abuse if the accuser doesn't have a grasp or understanding of how severe it can be and how the person who's abusing the substance might not want to abuse the substance. They might not even, uh, they might hate it. I mean, really, they, they might, they might um, be wishing that they could quit, that they could stop. And sure, they'd have to make the choice to stop and do all that. Like, I get that. But I think um, in the future, it's going to, it, it'll be like accusing someone of getting cancer. As that's what the, it's your fault for getting cancer. You just need to get out, just get rid of it. You just need to stop with the cancer without help <laughs> or with help. Either way, like you have to get rid of the cancer because it, it's your fault. It's like, no, no, not, not really. It's like my mom had breast cancer and her mom had breast cancer. His dad had prostate cancer and his dad had prostate cancer. It's in my, <clears throat> excuse me, in my opinion, there's no difference. One is a disease. Addiction is a disease. And there's, if your body depends on it and becomes addicted to it, where you'll become sick if you don't have it. Or hey, you just can't function properly if you don't have it. It's like medicine. You need you need it. But for some reason, culturally, our, and the societal perspective of addiction is so skewed and so off base. The misunderstanding of it is so... It's like you can be the best person in the world, but as soon as they, you're tainted with the genetic predisposition of being addicted to substances, it's like, oh, well, reputation's ruined. Look at him. He's <laughs> look at Hunter Biden. Just always getting high, trying to. You know, it's, it's it's stupid. It's a stupid argument. Because if he was on TV slurring and calling people names and uh, being inappropriate, being a little too touchy feely, <laughs> don't. I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to go there with the genetic inheritance of things. But he, he's too touchy-feely with people. And he's saying and doing things and acting inappropriately. Sure, yeah. That's not good. That must be embarrassing for him. But don't try and... Don't, don't try and take the moral high ground, too, if... Just because you're not... Because you're too enlightened to not have to deal with... Um, 
like real life issues like substance abuse whether or not you choose it or not like it's a it's a dumb argument to me because now now it's a tangent here but it it justifies your reason to treat them less because of what you suspect is a drug problem or whether they disclosed it to you as just openly like they have a drug problem it's this immediate um just okay well i guess i can't trust him i guess what kind of character uh allows himself to become addicted to those kind of substances like cocaine anyways not me i've never tried cocaine once in my life so no never it's like oh you never tried it then huh well that's good good for you like you really have all the right to talk then right like it it's terrible and it's the fact that no one can actually uh see it like that in the media when they when they print those things it's it's kind of it's kind of sad to me cuz it just it shows like how um behind still that that conversation is with many many people and that's due to the war on drugs in, in the 80s and it's just that's it's so bad and it doesn't have any validity to it okay so that being said about Hunter Biden that's the one thing i don't agree with the other thing is it, it the other thing is it's probably not all it's cracked up to be to um to be the son of a politician or the son of the president or um just kind of big shoes to fill it there's i'm sure there's all sorts of privileges and i'm sure there's good times um but it's probably not as glamorous as it might seem from the 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 media might portray it or what have you um anyway in 2014 i think around there uh there was some of the trend biden was trying to get involved with Ukraine and that's in my opinion because Hunter Biden was in Ukraine as a consultant for uh Burisma natural gas company which had supposedly a track record of money laundering and other whatever else now for me it's it's difficult to understand how money laundering and uh I guess you could call them like blue blue collar white collar crimes um why that means people need to intervene or other countries need to come in and and cause more problems um i might have mentioned this earlier but if it comes to going to war or bribing somebody i would say bribe them <laughs> go for, bribe them yeah do it or if it be, uh, came down to accepting bribe money or going to war to take the money let's go let's take the money and i don't care how that sounds because there's a, a huge difference for me when it comes to dishonesty and people still surviving versus i guess truth and killing people Oh, you took $50,000 under the table, no question that. Just to just to keep things quiet. 
Monster. You are a monster. How dare you? You took $50,000 under the table and didn't tell anyone about it? Um, yeah, we're gonna have to intervene here and do something about this corruption in this country because it's getting out of hand. And that, if, if intervening to get rid of this corruption in the country that you, is so corrupt because you accepted bribe money, well, that's gonna have consequences. You're, you accepting bribe money is gonna have some serious consequences. You're, um, yeah, it's, it's corrupt nation. It's such a burden for the rest of the world to carry. Like, I don't remember talking about Ukraine too much before all this. So, like, corrupt or not, there's still no excuse to try and intervene and change things around. Unless there's corrupt politicians and that corruption's in your country, then yeah, have at it. Turn it around. You can take care of it. But don't try and go to a foreign country like across the world and try and convince me that because there's corruption there, there's that we have to intervene now. That might have worked a few years ago, but it also might have worked prior to like Iraq and 20 years ago, <laughs> Afghanistan, Vietnam. Like it's not, I'm not buying that anymore. In fact, I would encourage corruption over war. So there you go. Instead of spending billions, trillions of just money that's so enormous that it's just throwing out numbers at that point, to, to spend that amount of money to intervene under the suspicion that another country is invading another country or that there's corruption or a whole uh, amalgamation of things. And, and the only choice that the world has is for one country to, to be the savior and to get in there real quick and make sure that it comes to an end. And, and by making sure, it, it, with tanks and helicopters and whatever else, you're gonna put a stop to corruption at the cost of what? How, how, much, how much were those wars? How much did they cost anyway? Over the course of 20 years. Like, why wouldn't you just use that money that you spent to kill people and to move tanks around for diesel fuel? Just take that money and just give it to the country first and they'll probably rebuild it a lot better than tanks and other shit will. Well, they have to work really hard for that money in order to get it, so... No, we can't just give people money. We have to use it on military and invade and kill people. That's, that's the right thing to do. We can't just give people... The moral hazard of just giving a country money versus the, the moral right. It's like, whatever, man. Okay, to go in there and invade them and kill people and stuff just to make sure everything's safe. Got it. Like, I, I don't buy it anymore. I'm done with that. And the fact that this happened so quickly, there's no front-page news for us to argue about with coworkers and family members. It's, I have been skeptical 
about all of it uh, since it started, um, it doesn't mean that it's any less valid or that the gravity is of the situation is uh, subsiding. But there's just something that's not right. And as I, the more I try to do research and look into things, the more and more it just looks like Iraq and the Bush presidency, the Bush dynasty. It's a shame Jeb Bush didn't win or Hillary Clinton. But yeah, we'll see if uh, Hunter Biden gets a gets a shot at it. Like, like what is going on here? That we're all turning a blind eye to these issues. Um, and and no one's really thinking about it. And all that happens is. Well, Russia's dishonest, or Russia influenced the 2016, or caused the 2016 elections to go that way, or like, there's a lot of blame on Russia, and I don't, I don't know if it's valid or not at this point. For the research that I've done, it says they're very easy to get along with as far as business goes. Uh, the most billionaires in the world, culturally, ballet, music, Rachmaninoff, whatever, like. It's not just a, a country like the United States that, that's been around for uh, 250 years. I mean, it has a very long history of conflict and peace, and, uh, academics, scientists, like everything. And I just start to wonder, like, what, like, what's really going on here? And the sanctions, and starting to appear like Russia's paying off the rest of the world to stay out of their business. And I think some people would jump immediately because they're lying and stealing, cheating the rest of the world. <laughs> like, maybe, maybe, or maybe they don't want the rest of the world with all of their political divide and all their problems of racism and oh you voted for who I hate you I don't think that they want that in their country maybe they already have it sure maybe they already do but it almost looks like somebody got caught here uh, as far as intelligence goes like somebody's plans got thwarted by Russia going into Ukraine almost like solar winds that um, may or may not have infiltrated the Pentagon or the cybersecurity and infrastructure, internet cybersecurity department. They might have um, got that solar winds virus and some data and intelligence might have been discovered during that process of having unfettered access for months or weeks at a time. And I think it's looking to me like the haphazard nature and the um, swift 
the swift movement of the United States over there so quickly as if they don't really know what's going on or what they're doing. That would signal to me that they weren't really prepared for this outcome of Russia being about, I don't know, a couple steps ahead of them. It's almost as if Russia was protecting itself from outside invaders, like preemptively going into Ukraine through Belarus to make sure that no one would use Ukraine as a passageway into Russia. And I don't think anyone's really mentioned it, but um, did you know that Russia and China had an alternative payment system just in case SWIFT didn't work out? No, you haven't heard about that? What about, um, have you heard about the submarines that the United States, the nuclear-powered submarines in, in France? In Australia? Anything about that? Well, the United States uh, stole nuclear-powered submarine contracts to build them that, from France. France is already going to build them for Australia. And I think they're in the process of getting that started, or, or had already done it. Um, already started, rather. And, yeah, and then the, the U.S. just kind of came in and took those contracts. <laughs> it's it's kind of hard to believe, right? That uh, an administration with foreign policy uh, soundness would do such a thing and disrupt a 200-year-old relationship with France. Uh, allied nation since the beginning of the United States, which again is only a couple hundred years old, but still, why jeopardize that that ally, France, to build Australia nuclear-powered submarines? Well, I would I would argue it's. It's like there's other alliances happening, and Australia is probably a little bit more strategic of a landmass for military operations over France and Europe. It would also seem like the U.S. might be kind of hard up for some cash, considering all the inflation and stuff. Um... So those contracts might might have been worth a little bit more to the U.S. In in you know, in theory, I guess, yeah. Plus, the U.S. is already going to be in Ukraine anyway, so they don't need France. I don't know. It's weird. It's weird, and I I probably get a little bit too into it. Um, a little bit too much sometimes, of course. But that's because that's how I am. <laughs> I just. I'm kind of weird like that. But it's still hard for me to believe that um, as a society we can look down at drug abuse as this 
evil thing. Just the most evil sin you could ever ever do besides murder. Like drug abuse isn't drug addiction is not like that. So it's it's just that opinion alone is so flawed, but like society has these viewpoints on what's morally right and what, what isn't. So when it comes to corruption you can start a war or when it comes to another country invading another country it's time for war. Yet that what since twenty fourteen, twenty one ever, that country's kind of been uh, almost politically engineered. But more important than all of that is a country with a track record of messing up things when when it comes to military foreign policy. It's not... If you're going to have the same judgments against someone who has a drug addiction, can't trust them, can't do it, because look at the, look what everything they've done, all the past history of them abusing drugs and getting speeding tickets or who knows what. Background checks, drug tests, you can't get a job, sorry, you can't work here, we don't hire junkies. Do a background check on the U.S. and a drug test on the U.S. Like, sure, okay, maybe it's squeaky clean, but check out this um, 40 years worth of war over here with Vietnam and Afghanistan. Oh, the number one poppy producer for heroin? Afghanistan, that one? The war on drugs? The war, yeah. Like, it's all so twisted. And no one's really speaking out against any of it. At least not that I'm hearing. Because it's like, we're so quick to accuse everybody else or other countries of doing of wrongdoing. And no one's willing to say, oh, come on, you guys just spent 20 years in Afghanistan. Give it a rest. I know you guys are itching to start something else or get involved somewhere else, but let's just slow it down. You guys are <laughs> spent two decades over there and an enormous amount of money that could have gone so much further if it were spent on the United States instead of the military in Afghanistan. And maybe they're just one-off events and or the rich, long cultural history of two and a half generations, three generations in the United States versus, uh, I don't know, a lot longer in Russia, China, or genealogical, yeah, genealogical, I hope that's a word, Genealogical heritage goes back thousands of years. Your grandpa's grandpa, your grandpa's grandpa, your grandpa's 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 grandpa, great, 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 great grandpa. That has a lot more like spiritual value to a society and culture over 
and 4th of July, 250 years ago. In less than 250 years in the United States. So, like, how, how is it possible? How did they pull it off to, to like, pull a fast one on, on the world like this? Well, I have a guess. Maybe staying holed up in indoors, curfews, lockdowns, masks. I think it's maybe made people a little bit more complacent about things and not enthusiastic to think about things and like critically think about things and, and look at things in a way that is constructive and in a way that um, helps you better understand the world, the, the world as we see it as Americans, I guess. Because um, I, I don't, I, I just don't see how it's better to start a war because another country went into another country. Furthermore, why would that country go into that other country at this time if it had thousands of years to do it? Why, why 2022 is just the right time when the world's politically motivated and politically divided. I'm sure Ukraine has a lot of resources. Um, and I'm sure there's good things in Ukraine to, to want to invade, to want to take control of it, I guess. Um, that would make sense if a country didn't have resources. To, to try and invade or try to do something. But if a country already has all of the resources it needs, like vast amounts of energy, and it seems to be doing pretty well with the most billionaires, a socialist, capitalist, quasi-capitalist, like I don't know what their uh, economy is like, but if you have the most billionaires in the world, I imagine it's gotta be working, right? Or is it just, it really is all just based on lies, deceit, and uh, dishonesty. That's how billionaires became billionaires. Maybe. But it seems like Russia is kind of downplaying the fact that they have a lot of natural gas because it's not until like clean energy and fossil fuels are like being scrutinized a little bit more and people are starting to uh, notice the investments of, of different firms and, into uh, fossil fuels and, and things like that. It seems like natural gas would probably be a pretty hot commodity to have, have access to, and especially if you have the infrastructure and innovative ways to harness that natural gas uh, in the most streamlined, efficient way. And it's already set up, it's already built. There's no, there's no need for extra regulations or anything to complicate uh, the pipelines. Manufacturing, um, athletes, good athletes. But 
if it came down to making inflation worse for your country and going to war um, to probably not stop uh, the fall of Saigon like why use all, all those resources and labor for a war for somebody else's country instead of using on your own country I don't understand because they're just simply a part of NATO so they have no choice but to go over there except for the fact that Ukraine is not part of NATO so what is going on was there an act of aggression towards another NATO country? I mean, an act of war or like something valid? I mean, you have a president, um, an administration, whose solution to inflation, or part of the solution to inflation is to bring manufacturing back to the USA. It's a good thing. It's a good thing that this president has been involved in D.C. his entire career, and to make sure that those jobs come back to America, that can build those manufacturing computer plants. Like I'm pretty sure this president was okay with sending jobs abroad because <laughs> he was in D.C. when it happened. So he, yeah, I'm pretty sure he's okay with it. Except now. We're going to spend money uh, for a military to go into another country to protect another country that will, according to Powell, the uncertainty of that could um, make inflation a little bit more of an issue. Um, gas prices, gasoline prices, well, energy inflation is already an issue, but now it's going to be even more of an issue for sure. I mean, oil's at 120 a barrel, 114 a barrel. Well, instead of building places and paying skilled workers wages that keep up with the cost of living. Yeah, I think it's a good idea to go uh, across the world to another country to protect it, sure. <laughs> to protect it from another country who has the largest energy stockpiles in the world. Okay. That seems like a really good idea, I guess. Well, I guess there's really nothing left for me to do then. Besides play these computer games with my brand new GPU. That is what I would say. If countries weren't using those GPUs for other real-life video games. Like, in the back of my mind, I was always thinking, like, these masks are, are to condition us so that we get used to putting gas masks on, and the curfews are to condition us for bomb raids. Anyway, it's a little bit of a longer pubcast for sure, and I appreciate everyone humoring my... Uh, attempts at sarcasm and satire here, but isn't it just a little bit backwards to have Mexico border the United States and tons of people are coming and going through that border all the time. 
um, without using the proper channels. Now, one could argue they're invading, except there's no governmental oversight of that invasion, so I guess it doesn't count as an invasion. But either way, people are crossing borders without legal justification, without the, the, the legal right to. Yet, I'll hear a political party constantly harp about no walls and no borders and not building a wall. And that if you try to keep other countries away from other countries through walls, it, it just creates uh, more walls, I guess. Or, I don't know. Um, but there's a border between the United States and Mexico. And I don't know if there's the wall's finished or if they're still building it or what the hell. I also know that this country is also kind of supplying people with illegal narcotics, similar to the ones Hunter Biden, the demon Hunter Biden and his drug, his drug addiction, straight his drug addiction from hell. I mean, he probably gets all those drugs from that illegal trade of human trafficking and crossing the border without using the proper legal channels. But no wall, no bo no borders. Borders is hate. Hate, that's hate speech when you start talking about borders and walls and people coming across. They're, they're looking to better their life in the, in the United States. They're looking for more opportunities here. Hold up. Russia went through Belarus to get to Ukraine. Well, that's a different story though. We got to invade. We have to go over there right now, right now. Because Ukraine is not NATO. And because Belarus is part of Russia. And because of Afghanistan. It's like, what? what? Wait, why do we have to go over there again? Let's, let's take care of things here first. The wall with uh, Tijuana. Oh. Oh, sorry. That was hate speech, wasn't it? Nobody else is confused. Instead of creating a, a border that works between the United States and Mexico, where it just, it's fluid, and people are coming through legally, and it works, and everyone's happy with it. Instead of doing that and building that eight-lane highway, or the, that high-speed rail from New York to uh, San Francisco, New York to LA, or even LA to San Francisco. Instead of doing that and spending money on those high-speed trains and that technology and infrastructure, it does make more sense to go to a country that we don't live next to uh, to make sure that a really wealthy superpower who has lots of military power and lots of resources that seems like a more, yeah, that's a more logical solution. I mean, it kind of looks like, it, it kind of looks like, um, the United States might have been up to something. 
and they got caught with their pants down. And it's almost like they took the bait of getting rid of the SWIFT system for Russia. <laughs> like, I think Russia was trying to get on its own system and created one. And I have no idea if it works or not, but it probably does. Well, I mean, it's not like, it's not like Russia's this huge exporter of things anyway, so what difference does it make if their ruble goes down in, compared to the US dollar? What are they, exporting stuff? No. Like energy and other things? No, they're not doing that. Yeah, I think they are. I think they are, aren't they? Well, what about um, precious metals? How about that? Oh yeah, that, they have vast stores of gold too. Except it's actually real and not fake contracts. They um, could get about $2,000 an ounce now, nowadays, US dollars. And $4 per British thermal unit of natural gas. I'm pretty sure Russia baited the United States here. And I'm pretty sure Zelensky has no clue as to what's going on. And I bet you, I bet you, when Macron was at the summer home, when he first became the president of France, the premier of France, um, I'm sure Putin was telling him, because Putin was there, and I'm sure um, Putin was telling him that, well, you don't have to believe everything I'm saying now, but just wait five years when that submarine deal goes south, like literally goes to Australia. Wait till the United States comes in and takes your submarine deal. Then I'm not gonna say I told you so, but, and there he was brand new presidency over France, looking out across the Riviera, thinking to himself, well, I try to open up dialogue with Putin and he's just over here feeding me propaganda and lies, just like the US said he would. only to find out five years later. It's like he was right about everything. <laughs> Maybe, I guess we'll never know what that conversation was like. Anyway, the world is a twisted place.